This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. So we're going to be talking this morning about trusting and relying on the Holy Spirit. Okay? And really it's about the Holy Spirit in the church. The Holy Spirit in the church. And uh, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles with me to the fourth chapter of the book of Acts. This is part of our daily reading, by the way. And if you're reading in the book of Acts, you're going to find yourself very excited uh, to begin to see the workings. Uh, I don't know if this should be called the book of Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. I think it would be more accurate, the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. And uh, if you'll turn to Acts chapter 4, I'd like to read the first 13 verses of that uh, chapter, and I'd like to just, I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture that I'm going to teach out of one today, but I want you to see something. And it says, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people. And they preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, and they put them in the hold until the next day. For it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and the scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred or the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what? power or by what name have you done this? Now here's an incredible passage of scripture right here. Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say filled with the Holy Ghost. Now see I want you to know something. It's one thing to give an answer to somebody because you're well studied. It's another thing to give an answer because you heard it in a Bible study. It's another thing to give an answer because, well, it's the thing to say. Or it's another thing to give an answer because it's just what we do in church. It's a religious kind of phrase. Different level, different devil. We have all kinds of these things. God is good all the time, all the time. And those aren't bad. But let me tell you something. When you become too cliche, you take away from what God wants to say. And Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to an impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Now you know that he, they just raised the man at the gate beautiful. The man was over 40 years old and he went leaping and praising God in the temple because Peter and John had looked on him and said, silver and gold. They did this by the Holy Spirit, by the way. Silver and gold have we none, but that which we have give we unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Be it known unto you, to all the people, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you, you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, 
For there is no other name under heaven by which a man can be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. And they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Turn to Acts 9 quickly. Acts chapter 9, verses 13 through 18. You'll notice I don't have them up on the overhead. Because I love to hear those pages rattle. Amen? Acts chapter 9, verse 13 says, Then Ananias answered. Now, here's the story. You remember Saul was persecuting the church. And Saul was knocked down by a bolt of lightning. And God appeared to him. Jesus appeared to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, Lord, who are you? He says, I am Jesus Christ. And he has this epiphany. He sees Jesus and Jesus blinds him. And then this unknown saint, this is not somebody huge in the church. This is just a normal member of the church. One of you. Just tap your neighbor say, one of you. Say, it's you. He's calling you. This normal member of the church, Ananias, says, Ananias, I have a job for you. And then Ananias said, Lord, I've heard many things about this man, how much evil he has done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from chief priests to bind all that call upon your name. But the Lord God said to him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as you came has sent me that thou mightest receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Folks, I'm telling you something. God has some chosen vessels in Zimbabwe. But they have scales on their eyes. They cannot see. But they need some bold people like you and me to speak truth to them. To be led of the Holy Spirit to go to them and to have those scales removed from their eyes that they not only see, but that they be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 13, quickly turn there. So there's three things I want you to see here. First of all, When Peter and John and the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit, everybody was amazed because they knew that these were ignorant and unlearned men. They knew that they weren't studied in the scriptures like they had been, but they had been with Jesus. I want you to know something. God's going to take many of you, and it won't be by your knowledge. It won't be by your might. It'll be by The Holy Spirit on the inside of you that illuminates you, that causes you to be who he wants you to be. 
Also, there are many that we're going to have to un- uh, uh, loosen the scales from their eyes. The God of this world has blinded their minds from the truth, lest they should see the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our job, and that can only be done by the Holy Spirit. And finally, here in Acts 13, it says that when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bargesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus. So here, as in our nation, It was the sorcerers and the false prophets who were influencing the politicians of the day. Many of whom are just blind. Many of whom are just stupefied. Many of them who have been blinded by the sorcery that's around them. The sorcery of ancestral worship. The sorcery of nyangas and witch doctors and and false prophets, so-called Christians sometimes. But Sergius Paulus was a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Oh, let me tell you, the powers of darkness do not want people to come to the faith. They do not want people to know Jesus Even you, the powers of sorcery and the powers of darkness that are arrayed against you and I are to keep you from coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Then Saul, who is also called now Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. Boy, let me tell you how powerful your eyes are when the Holy Spirit's operating. Something rises up and you see something. Peter and John at the gate beautiful. Look on us. Look on us. Silver and gold have we none. But that which we have, give we to you. Here, Paul, look on us. He says, I see something. He looks at Sergius Paulus. He looks at Elamus. He sees by the Spirit. God wants you to see something by the Spirit. And he said, oh, full of all subtlety and all mischief, you child of the devil, You enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went out and about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished. At the doctrine of the Lord. Man, I'm telling you, I believe that we are moving into a season where the Holy Spirit is going to move on the earth again. I do not doubt that Zimbabwe is on the cusp of a move of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to move in the church. He begins in the house of God. Acts 4, 27 Now I do have this on the overhead. You can watch it with me here. For truly against your servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined to be done before to be done. So here we hear that 
Jesus' death had been predetermined. Jesus knew that he came to die. Jesus knew. The Holy Spirit had led him to the cross. Jesus was obedient to his father. Jesus was obedient and prompted to even go to the cross and die for our sins. And it was preordained, predetermined. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Boy, let me tell you something. They are now being threatened themselves the same way that Christ was threatened to be killed. Now the church is being threatened. The day is coming when our church and all churches that preach the true gospel will be threatened for preaching the gospel. There's coming a day when you will not be able to say the only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. The pressure of governments, the pressure of people will be to say the only way to salvation is any way you feel like it, any God you want to serve, and if you feels good, do it. There'll be, there are many ways to heaven, and many, many Christians are already preaching this, that Jesus is not the way, the truth, and the life, that there are many ways, many truths, and many lives. That is a lie. Only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says that when they had prayed... The place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things that he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Everybody saying great grace was upon them all. Where the Holy Spirit is, there's great grace. Great grace. And grace is simply this, the empowering ability of the Holy Spirit to cause you to do what you're supposed to do. To live a holy right life. To live a righteous life. To live a life of blessing. Both being blessed and being a blessing. So in the context of this verse, and this is where I want to step up and just uncover it for a few minutes. Peter and John and the others had been preaching the gospel, and we see that many were being saved. The Jews threatened them, <coughs> and they told them, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. The disciples then gathered together, and they praised God. And they quoted the scripture, and they prayed. I want you to notice that. They praised the Lord, they quoted the Bible, and they prayed the word of God. They prayed what God said. And then verse 31 occurs at the end of their prayer. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Boy, I'm telling you something. Today, if ever before, we need men and women who will speak the word of God fearlessly with boldness. See, the Holy Spirit had been given to them, first of all, after Jesus' crucifixion. In John 20, it says, in verses 19 through 23, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in their midst. And he said to them, peace be unto you. 
And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, now even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Whoever sins you remit are remitted unto them, and whoever sins you retain are retained. Boy, let me tell you something. There's a power in the Holy Spirit to remit sin and to retain sin. Be very careful. See, they'd experienced the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them. They received the breath of the Spirit. But then they experienced the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I love that. They were in one accord in one place. You know, some people say, well, you know, I'm just going to do church on social media. My pastor's a social media pastor, and I, I get better teaching from them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not the purpose of the church. The church is not teaching. The church is gathering. See, you can't gather together, be in one accord, in one heart, in one place, in your living room. Now, I understand there's times you can't get here. There's times you don't have the petrol. There's times you don't have the money. There's times that there's all kinds of reasons or excuses. Tap your neighbor. So I've had a few excuses. I've made excuses. But I've had reasons too. I understand that. And that's a good time to get online, get the word follow through. I understand that. But I'll tell you, there's nothing like coming together as the body of Christ. <laughs> gathering ourselves together, not neglecting that as is the manner of some. And suddenly, when they were all in one accord, in one place, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house, the place where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire, and, upon each, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, here's what I want you to understand something. I am so tired of the man of God being the only person filled with the Holy Spirit. It's never, the Holy Spirit was never for a man. The Holy Spirit was for all men. Even upon your servants and your handmaidens, your sons and your daughters, old men and young men. God will pour out his spirit in those days. This is not an exclusive club of the holy man of God. This is a club of men and women of God, sons and daughters of God. God's raising you up. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's various discussions on the relationship between the initial indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and I believe in them both. I believe the day you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit abides in you. But I also believe that there's a subsequent work of the Holy Spirit called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's a second endowment of grace to make you a powerful witness, to make you bold to do things. And with it is an accompaniment of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues as a prayer language and prophesying. These are things that are common and should be common in the church. 
Some people say, well, I believe that when you accept Jesus, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to argue with anybody. I don't want to divide the body. I want us to be united. I'll love you until you find out I'm right. But there were many of the believers that were filled with the Holy Spirit, but they weren't speaking in tongues. They had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they had received the breath of God. But on this day, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to speak in other tongues. I remember as a young Christian when I was really on fire. I'm still on fire, but there was something unusual. There was something unusual about the fire of the Holy Spirit that was working in my life when I was young. And I was wholly dedicated to the word of God and speaking boldly God's word to anybody who would listen. I would go door-to-door ministry. I would do street ministry. I would talk on the phone to people. I would go to schools. I would be in the marketplace. I'd do anything I could. When I came to this country, I did 18 right of entry classes every week. Man, I tell you, I worked myself crazy. I went out to farmers. I went out to little, any little group that would have me just to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Something burned on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit's work on the inside of me. I'm going to tell you something. Evangelism was and still is the result of the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of a person. God wants you to do the work of an evangelist. So in the church, the Holy Spirit makes witnesses out of weaklings. Look at Acts chapter 1. Jesus said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We're going to receive power when the Spirit comes upon us. Power, dunamis, dynamite. You see, the death and the resurrection of Jesus is what brought the Holy Spirit, the indweller of the church and its members. It's the Holy Spirit who remains, not Jesus. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He says, but I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit. The church had to be first cleansed by the blood of God before it could be filled with the power of God. It's the same today. You must be first born again before you can be filled with the Spirit of God. So God has you yield your life to Christ. You accept his atonement on the cross. You're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And it makes you a candidate to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It was before the ascension of Jesus and before Pentecost that the disciples received the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. But notice that after they received the Holy Spirit, after Pentecost, it was only after Pentecost that they began to speak with authority. Only then did they have power Only then did they begin to prophesy. Only then did they begin to speak in tongues. Only then did they begin to see the works of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in and through them. See, one of the immediate results of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking God's word with boldness. 
me tell you something. I know when people are full of the Holy Spirit because you can't keep quiet. Somebody says something, you say, nope, that's not true. That's the word of, and, and the word of God ushers forth from you. You speak truth. You speak it in, a, in loving fashion. We're not going to contest with you, but we're not going to let you just babble idiocy and, and, and error and, 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 and vomit all over yourselves and everybody else. We're going to stand up for the truth wherever we're at. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And guess what happened? After this account, we see that 3,000 were added to the church. And the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them with the ability to speak in other tongues. Then in Acts chapter 4 and verse 31, we see that they are filled with the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak boldly the word of God. I love the fact that when the Holy Spirit comes, he does something. There's always some kind of an action. You speak in tongues, begin to prophesy, begin to speak boldly the word of God. Begin to raise people from the dead, begin to raise people up from their sick beds and their infirmities, their diseases. The blind see, the deaf hear. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom. There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's nine fruit of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about those this year because this is the year of the Holy Spirit. This is the year of the Holy Spirit. This is the year the Holy Spirit wants to move. He wants to have all nine gifts, all nine fruit operating in our lives. Now, the rest of the book of Acts is about how the Mediterranean parts of Asia, much of Asia, was turned upside down by the preaching of the gospel from these people who had received the Holy Spirit. Who had the Holy Spirit upon them. These are the people who had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to consider something. I want you to consider the initial weakness of Christ's disciples. Think about it. Peter, he denied Christ three times. He denied he even knew him. Thomas, my namesake. He doubted all 11 of his brothers, his disciples, had seen Jesus had seen the piercings in his hand, had seen the piercing in his side. And they said, we saw him. He says, unless I put my finger in his wound and my hand in his side, I don't believe it. I doubt. This is, this is, these are the guys. Tap your neighbor and say, sounds like you, doesn't it? Just ask him, sounds like you. The disciples, every one of them deserted Jesus in his hour of difficulty. Sometimes I feel like that's the church. I feel like that's us right now. Sometimes I feel like we get so beaten down, so confused by this world, so enamored with this world, so, so caught up in the affairs of this world that we're just, we're afraid, we're, we're ashamed, we're, we're confused. It's hard sometimes to stand for Jesus. And yet, just like those disciples, once they were filled with the Holy Spirit, this tiny group turned the world upside down. This tiny group of cowards and liars and deserters turned the world upside down. Just tap your neighbor and say, I think he is talking about me today. And let me tell you something, it wasn't because of their words, it wasn't because of their wisdom, it was not because of their own might, it was because the Holy Spirit who filled them and empowered them 
to speak the word of God with boldness. This is what the Holy Spirit brings. To the glory of God, he brings the power to be witnesses, the power to be bold, the power to stand for truth. In the church, the Holy Spirit also brings fellowship instead of factions. I'm so disturbed at our church, not our church, but the church at large, the factions in the church, fighting each other, jealous of each other. Folks, this has got to stop. And the only thing that can stop it is the move of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit must raise the water level for the whole church, not just a church. Acts 4.32, it says, And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. God, would you give us that? Would you let, start with this house. Let us be of one heart, of one soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonged to them or that belonging to him was his own. But all things were common property to them. Now, I don't know if we're ready for that, but let me tell you something. It doesn't begin with everybody giving everything as common, but it does with everybody doing their part. Giving into the offering, giving into your tithes, caring one for another, sharing with each other, having a liberal heart. You cannot be liberal without the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, the first thing that dries up in a believer is giving when you're far from the Holy Spirit. The first thing that ignites is you can't help but give when you're full of the Holy Spirit because you have such a revelation of how big God is, how much he can provide, and you begin to see the supernatural provision of God. You have to understand that the possibilities of division or divisions amongst the disciples was really great back then. They were all sinners. And there were many cares of the world to consider. Even the possibility of fighting for position within the ranks of this newly formed religion, Christianity. Think about this. This fighting had already begun back in Luke chapter 9 and verse 46 where it says, Then a dispute arose amongst them of which one would be the greatest. It so embarrassed Jesus that he took a towel and he wrapped it around himself and he began to wash their feet. And he says, hey, it's not those of you that are the greatest. It's those of you who become the least will become the greatest. Those who will be the slave or the servant shall become blessed. Jesus showed them that the greatest is, that is esteemed of God is the one who is the most humble, most loving. They had fought over who would be the greatest. Or they, then they deserted Jesus and they lied about him and they doubted him. Now the Bible says they're of one heart, of one mind, of one soul. And the power of the Holy Spirit speaking the word of God together in one accord because their devotion to Jesus was more important than their devotion to the world. Their humility was more important than their greatness. Their bond together was more important than all of the possessions they could possess. Their love for one another was more important than their love for themselves. 
And it was this kind of unity in love and devotion to one another that helped fuel the conversion of the whole world. It wasn't a program. I'll tell you what, I'm so tired of programs. You know, I don't want to have a prayer conference just because it's a program thing. Guys, we're bringing a prophet out, a man that I believe is a true prophet of God. A true prophet of God. Humble. He's served other prophets. He's washed the hands of other prophets. Two well-known prophets. He's served them. You wouldn't even know his name. But I've watched him. He's matured. Twelve years ago, he was with us. He was a young prophet. He's coming more seasoned this time. It's not a scheduled revival that changes things. It's not a meeting. It's not a lecture series. It's not even great church services. You see, what changed the early church, what will change us, is the Holy Spirit. You have to remember something. Every single one of us in this room myself included, probably me more than all of you, was once far off from Jesus, far off from God, and had no common goal until I became a Christian. And it's because of the cross of Christ that we could ever hope for any unity at all. He paid the price. It is always the work of the Holy Spirit to bring unity among members in a local church. This is so the ministry of outreach to the lost will not be hindered. I want us to work over this fasting time on unifying our hearts in one heart, one accord, one spirit, one voice. I'm going to believe that, I want to believe that by the prayer conference, we'll begin to taste and feel and sense a move of the Holy Spirit. If you've been a Christian or if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be merely a keeper of an aquarium. He wants you to become a fisher of men, a preacher of the gospel. He wants you to be sacrificial in your love, determined in your godliness and, un- and, and unfailing in your prayers. Prayer is the place of power. It really is. Prayer is the place of humility. Prayer is the place of assurance. Prayer is the place where you meet God. Prayer is where you encounter the Holy Spirit. It's where you're empowered. It's where you're humbled. It's where you're filled with his love. In the church, the Holy Spirit also produces growth without gimmicks. In Acts 4.33, it says, And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. I tell you, we don't need gimmicks. We need great power of the apostles. We need to be giving witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need abundant grace upon them all. Grace, not gimmicks. 
Say that out loud. Say grace, not gimmicks. Well, with great power, the apostles were giving witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Great power was from the Holy Spirit, not man. And we see the results of it. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, 3,000 converts. In Acts chapter 5, verse 14, multitudes of converts. In Acts 4, verses 4 through 5, 5,000 converts. In Acts 6, verse 7, numbers multiplied. Multiplication of the church. Folks, I know more than I know anything that when we're full of the Holy Ghost, it will not be long. There'll be multiple services in this house. But we need the move of the Holy Ghost. You can't do this by your flesh. I can't tell you, go out and witness. It'll kill you. This can't be done by the flesh. It's got to be done by the Spirit. Prayer and the power of God produces growth. Not only in the individual, but in the church. I'm calling you to prayer these next 21 days. I'm calling you to fast. I'm calling you to put down social media. Put your phones and your computers and social media away. Stop listening to all these voices. Stop being inundated and brainwashed. And fall in love again with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Would you do that? Would you just for 21 days set this time aside to say, hey, minimal time. If I need to for business, if I but this constant selfies and constant Instagram and constant Facebook and constant whatever else you're on, twitting and tweeting and it's time now to say for 30 days, let me seek the face of God. They were all in one accord in one place in an upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit. Let's wait on the Holy Spirit. Are you tired of gimmicks? I am. Are you tired of gimmicks? I'm tired of all the gimmicks. I'm tired. I'm really tired of the selling of indulgences, the selling of miracles, miracle oils, and bath wash, and mouthwash. And I mean, anything we can sell today to solve a problem in the name of the Lord. No. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they were full of grace. Abundant grace was upon them all. Abundant grace was upon them all. You don't have to earn it. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. All the gimmicks on TV and radio. This generation has been lied to, conned into believing the veracity of a product gimmicks are thrown our way, discount programs, promises, appeals, loyalty programs, gimmicks to get our money, gimmicks to get us to listen, gimmicks to get us to join, gimmicks to get us to believe, and gimmicks to get us to vote. Not so with the church. No more gimmicks. Instead, prayer, sacrifice, love. And then more prayer, more sacrifice, more love. It's the Lord who gives the increase to the church, not man.
Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. Let me conclude. With your eyes on yourself or with your eyes on your brother's or sister's faults or the problems in the church or whatever, the commissioning of the church to evangelize the world is often ignored because we have our focus on all these other things. And so the church becomes a stale keeper of the status quo rather than a dynamic force of the power of God. I know it's not comfortable to be shaken. And even as the Holy Spirit shook the room that those early disciples were in, but it's necessary. It is necessary for you and I to be shaken. The power of God shakes even the very soul of the Christian so that his feeling can come again and again upon his vessels. When the Bible says they were shaken, I don't think it was just shaken in the room. I think they were shaken in their faith. The Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But that's to make way for the Holy Spirit. It's a natural consequence of experiencing God. I'm asking you in these next 21 days to beg, beg God for that filling of the Holy Spirit. What do you want to be, filled or comfortable? Are you bold in Christ or are you weak and timid? Are you more willing to endure a faction or to face one another and experience fellowship? Whatever your condition, one thing is for sure. You need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You need His power to give you boldness. You need His love to give you peace and hope. You need His grace to show you who Jesus is. And that's my desire for us. This season of fasting, this fellowship, this church is going to be ignited by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have power resident on the inside of you, but you let it slumber. You let it sleep. Put aside those things that easily beset you. Now's the time. Get hungry for God. I know that the doctors are on strike. I am grieved to my very core at how many people have died in our nation for want of a physician. Our physicians are in a very invidious position. I'm sorry. We have many in this church. But when you can no longer afford to go to work because the condition of our nation is so poorly administrated, there's something that has to be done. Our nation has turned itself once again to the worship of ancestors. As a nation, we're calling upon the Baal God, the Molech God. We are calling upon these old gods of old. And it's been publicized around the world. We have rejected Christ and we have accepted and called upon vocally, 
publicly and in the press upon gods that are not gods. There is no hope that this nation can dig itself out of a hole. We are not wise enough. We are not clever enough. And I tell you what, those gods only desire more, more, more. They will take, they will take, they will take. But the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob said, in blessing I will bless you. But we must turn to him with our whole heart, our whole mind, and forsake the evil. Forsake the sacrifice of children. That is wicked. Blood sacrifice of animals and blood sacrifice of this and that and human beings and, and the all the things that go with the ugliness of these vile gods that call themselves to make people humiliated, not humbled. But if we will humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, He'll lift us. I want you to encourage you today. Don't judge any man judge yourself look to yourself say where am I because I'll tell you when you and I will seek the Lord with all of our heart we'll find him when we turn from our wicked ways then he will hear from heaven he will heal our land but let him shake and let him start shaking with me and with us oh I've done many things that have not been righteous I grieve for it. I grieve for the days when maybe I thought that I was more important than I really was. I realize that I'm very of little importance compared to him. He's of great importance. And so may I decrease and may he increase. May, may I become less and him become more. May Jesus be lifted in this house. May the Holy Spirit be lifted in this house. And may man and our cleverness be put aside. And when people come in here, may they say, wow, I sense the Spirit of God in that house. Don't come to see a man. Don't come to see a, 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 a pastor. But come and fellowship with each other and fall in love with each other. Let the Holy Spirit be who he's supposed to be. Will you start with your own families? During these next 30 days, I don't know why I say 30 days. Let's just say 40. <sighs> During these next 40 days, can we just pray with each other? Can you as husband and wife pray with each other? Can you just take a few minutes extra and just lay hands on your kids? Just, just bless them. Speak blessing. Can you check your words and let no negative word come out of your mouth, but that which edifies, that which builds up, that which is positive. When you think about our government, yes, it's okay to criticize the fact that there's bad administration, but when you get personal and you get bitter, don't let bitterness come in your heart. But if you're going to criticize something, then go get your hands dirty and let's help fix it. Let's get, let's get busy saying, hey, that we have some solutions. And maybe Sergio Paulus is in your sphere of influence. And you too, like the apostle, can say, to Elamis, the sorcerer. You'll be blind for a season while this man who has a good heart is going to hear from God. I think God has some of you in those kind of positions. You just are a little bit afraid to be that bold. 
But if you get close to the Holy Ghost, you'll find yourself saying things like that, shocking yourself probably more than the others around you. It's a good season to be in the church. It's a good season to be full of the Holy Ghost. So here's what I want to do. Right now, I'd like our pastors to come quickly. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to take the challenge of 30 days. And this is for our pastors too. Just because you stand up here, pastors, doesn't mean that you're not going to take the challenge too. So don't think that you're the big deal. You're just another vessel, just like me, to say, hey, I need God to help me. I'm very humbly coming before you. And I'm the first up here. I hope you notice I'm here. But I want the Holy Spirit. And for 30 days, for 40 days, at least 21, I'm going to be seeking Him. Every one of you should begin to see visible and tangible proof his influence in your life. I call it the fingerprints of God. I love it when I see God show up. I catch myself talking to someone and I shift into another gear and I know it's no longer me speaking, but God speaking. I sense the Holy Spirit come on me and I lay hands on a person and they get healed. Pastor Bonnie and I were in the States together and there's a man at a counter. He was serving us. I said, how are you doing today? He said, it'd be fine if I didn't have this headache. I said, would you mind if I prayed for you? He was shocked. Because in America, we don't pray anymore. He said, he said yes. And he's looking around. And I just boldly reached my hand across. And I prayed for him. Heal this man. Heal his headache. The name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's all it takes. I walked out of there. Everybody in that place was scared. What did he just do? I know that man was healed. I know. Because the gifts of healing work in us. I'm not the healer. I'm not a great healer. But many people get healed because of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is working through me. I'm not afraid to step in like a little bit of a fool. Yeah, was it embarrassing? Yeah, my flesh cringed a little bit. I, I was thinking more for him. How does he feel? All his friends. What, what did you do there? He asked me if I could pray for him. Well, what happened? I got healed. Oh, really? I'm not even sure he was a Christian. I didn't ask. But I'll tell you what, he went home and he thought some strange guy, some strange thing happened to me today. No seed will not have power in it. If you're ready for this, if you're desirous of this, if you say Holy Spirit for the next 21 days, 30 days, 40, however long it takes, I'm going to pursue you. I want you to make your way either to the altar or to one of our pastors. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, by all means, today, be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you, gave your, when you give your life to Jesus, He fills you. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.